Welcome to Communicore Weekly. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, who in the last week has donated to uh, the Hurricane Sandy relief fund that we we set up. We all we both really, really appreciate it. Um, there's been a lot of support, so thank you so much for that. Um, if you haven't done so yet and, and you would like to, please go to um, gofundme.com slash Communicore Weekly, G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E.com slash Communicore Weekly. You can donate. Um, again, if you donate $10 or, or more, we'll send you a free download to uh, the Communicore Weekly Season 1 soundtrack with all the cool theme songs and bumpers that you know and some new stuff that'll be coming at the end of the year. Um, so thank you to everyone who has helped so far. We really, really appreciate it. It's time for Disney History. All the earliest concept drawings of a full-size Disneyland depicted a broad center axis as the organizing principle for the overall layout. Walt Disney really wanted his guests to walk through this cozy, familiar setting, uh, Main Street, before they ventured off into his uh, unknown lands. But uh, once you got past Main Street, guests would arrive at the park's uh, chief terminal, which uh, all the other areas of the park can be accessed. Um, it was sit- situated 800 feet north of Main Street train sec- uh, station, as it is now, uh, and it's the park's nucleus, and it's called The Hub. Yep, The Hub has been known by many, many, many names over the years. It's formally known today as the Central Plaza, but was once labeled as the Plaza Hub on the 1989 Fun Map. Walt Disney called it the Plaza or the Hub when he introduced a model of the park on his Disneyland TV show. So not only does the term Plaza Hub both describe and pinpoint the location of this central open space, it also reaffirms its connection to the various uh, plaza-named establishments that surrounded it, such as uh, the Plaza Inn and the Plaza Gardens. Um, fun little fact, there really hasn't been any, re- or there really, there's never been any restaurants with the word hub in the title at Disneyland, so go figure. I guess hub... Well, I mean, if it was a, a sub shop, I mean, the Hub hub Subs or something, I'd eat there. I was thinking the Grubhub. The gr- Grubhub's a good one, too. The Grubhub. We, we should open a place called the Grubhub in Disneyland right off All the right, main All right, we hub. call it. It's ours. Ours. Well, we just we just armchaired Imagineer, Imagineered it, so they can't oh, do gosh, it. Oh, gosh, we're not supposed to do that. Oh, we don't like that. But it's That's ours right. now. It's ours. That's true. It's ours, so they'll ours. never do it anyways. Okay, well, moving along. Moving along. Moving towards the Hub. Known to most guests today as simply the hub, the area is both the departure point and a meeting point, although sometimes it can get kind of crazy, and it radiates out from the hub like the spokes of a wheel, and there are six main walkways, one taking guests south to Main Street, two going north towards Fantasyland, two heading west to Adventureland and Frontierland, and one headed east to Tomorrowland. Now, there's also a few smaller walkways leading to a number of the main restaurants, including the Plaza Pavilion uh, to the southwest and the Plaza Gardens to the northwest and what was once known as the Red Wagon Inn, now the Plaza Inn, to the southwest. It's very unlikely that a guest could avoid crossing the hub circle at least once during a park visit. Is that like crossing Um, the streams? 
I think so. You gotta watch what you do. Uh, few guests, however, want to avoid the hub. The circular expanse covers about 35,000 square feet, and it's beautifully landscaped with trees, shrubs, flowers, and benches. The, the central position of the hub makes it one of the park's best spots to people watch, uh, view fireworks, and admire the Main Street vehicles. In addition, popcorn carts, cappuccino stands, and character greetings are all usually available along the sidewalks. Now, just just for reference, though, character greetings, I mean at, this is, we're talking about Disneyland, not, not Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World, you have to stand online for four hours before you can meet anybody. Disneyland, you could just walk up to them on the street, just for anybody wondering. Um, also, at Disneyland, they got that nice, helpful information board near the Plaza Pavilion that offers all the information about the parades, like what time the 3 o'clock parade is, uh, shows, wait times for the attractions, plus they have this really huge uh, braille map that they put there in 2011, which I thought was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. um, along the south border of the hub are the west and east Plaza streets, uh, home to the refreshment corner piano player, the baby station, and some other things. And as of 1993, the partner statue of Walt and Mickey stood on a pedestal in the hub center. The placement is significant. Uh, this dignified tribute is at the heart of the hub and thus at the very heart of Disneyland itself. And this is the same for the version at Walt Disney World as well. Now, the hub, uh, the concept of the hub has become a tried and true staple of all the Magic Kingdom parks worldwide, located directly, well not directly, but in the center uh, of the parks and kind of used as a gateway to the rest of the park's fantastic lands. Uh, in fact, originally it was the only access point to each land. Uh, while today you can go from land to land while in the other lands, originally you, one of the original designs of Disneyland was you had to go to the hub to get to one land and then when you're done with that land, you had to come back to the hub and go somewhere else. Really confusing, not really efficient for crowds, just... Well, yeah, the first idea was to save foot traffic. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, okay. That's all right, though. Still a brilliant design. Yeah, absolutely. Still a design. So the, the Magic Kingdom parks aren't the only ones with hub design. Disney's Hollywood Studios um, and the full-day park that I absolutely love, the Animal Kingdom, yes. have modified hub designs with a centralized location leading off to different parts of each park. And I will read exactly what's put in front of me, obviously. Thank you for proving that point. <laughs> Also, not uh, just actually dawned on me right now that for one of the original plans for Epcot when it was going to be a city, that was a hub design also. So Walt Disney really loved his hubs. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So Disneyland as we know it really wouldn't exist today without the hand-picked group of men and women that shaped the nascent theme park. Since their inception with the creation of Disneyland... Brum! I knew that was coming. Yes, <laughs> I'm using that word. Let's see, the, the Imagineers have always been the architects and dreamers of Walt's visions. And many of the names that you read about in Walt Disney's Imagineering Legends and the genesis of the Disney theme park will be familiar to Disney enthusiasts. As the name of the book implies, these are the legends of Disney Imagineering. Jeff Curdy, the author, is a well-known and much-admired name in the Disney community. He's written many seminal works on the history of theme parks, animated films, characters, and theater. Since the World Began is one of his more treasured books, but make sure to check out The Art of Walt Disney World, too. 
He's also worked on several award-winning documentaries. He worked with the Walt Disney Family Museum and with the late Bruce Gordon, served as editor on several projects, including The Nickel Tour, Walt's Time, and The Art of Disneyland with Jeff Curdy. The um, Imagineering Legends melds many key ideas into one work. It's an introduction to 30 of the most famous and indispensable Imagineers. It's an insightful look into the creation of the theme parks, and it's a journey through the history of Imagineering. There's, there's no other work published on this scale or within the same work. Each of the Imagineers chronicled is presented within their holistic context. The classifications are well reflected and well thought. Curdy bestows the following categories. The prototype Imagineers, the placemakers, the story department, the model shop, the machine shop, the music makers, and the unofficial Imagineers. Special places, of course, are reserved for Walt Disney and John Hench. You know, you, you can find a lot of this information in other sources, such as the e-ticket, Walt Disney Imagineering, the first quarter century of Disneyland, the Nickel Tour, Disneyland the Inside Story, but Imagineering Legends is the only place you'll find all this information. And this is really the true brilliance of the book. Curdy presents a seamless and well-organized view of the Imagineers and the creation of Disney theme parks. And you have to mention Bruce Gordon. He did an astounding job with the layout of Imaginary Legends. He really was an incredible Imagineer and layout specialist. At the time of the publication, there were new photographs and concept art throughout the book. Some of them had never been published anywhere before or since then. The layout's very contemporary and very appealing. You'll never feel lost in the columns of text, although, you know, Curdy is a great writer. My only issue with the layout is that some of the artwork and photographs are spread across two pages. And it's sometimes difficult to get a good view of the artwork, and all of us Disney nerds well, <laughs> want to study these. When it's across yeah. those two pages like that, I mean, yeah. it's hard for me to scan it so I can print it out and put it on my wall. You know? Exactly. So, you know, Curdy's created a book that lays a solid foundation of knowledge for Disney enthusiasts of all levels. Whether you're new to Imagineers or a seasoned researcher, this compilation solidly portrays Imagineering and their singular importance within the company. It, this book is going to be within constant reach on my bookshelf, and it has been for many years. And it's going to be an essential addition to every enthusiast library. So if you can find a copy, buy it. Uh, Disney researchers will be thanking Jeff Curdy and Jeff Heimbach for years to come. And this one's called Walt Disney and, excuse me, Walt Disney's Imagineering Legends and the Genesis of Disney Theme Parks. Sometimes it's a one, sometimes it's a two. When you gotta go, what you gonna do? It's a bathroom break. A bathroom break. So, of course, being the uh, bathroom aficionados that we both are, of course. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, I don't know. But, but go on. Uh, we've had some people send us some of the bathroom photos, and we've gotten some good ones of the Fantasyland, the new Fantasyland, new bathrooms. Is that too many news? They cancel each other out. New, new Fantasyland. Yes. Because yes, I think yeah. I think Starbucks Circus would be new Fantasyland technically, but since there's new parts opening, it'd be new, new. Yeah, we've got the double new. But anyways, we're here to talk about the restrooms. So you've got some restrooms that are located in the new Fantasyland area, which sort of had that Beauty and the Beast type feel. 
And the first thing you might notice is the signage that says toilettes and then gives the English for restrooms. That's that's French for go to the bathroom here. Go to the bathroom here. Wee oui, oui. um, wee. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> I try. I try. So on the sign, you've got the not so typical male and female universal symbol. But in this case, you've got the villagers, a man with a pitchfork and a woman with an apron. And then the companion restroom is fantastic because there's a person in a wheelchair, which might be our friend Melissa. I'm not sure because she is our rolling reporter. But the person in the wheelchair has got a hat, which is awesome. Absolutely fantastic. So then if you make your way inside the Be Our Guest restaurant, um, the bathroom signs are sort of similar. But instead of having the villagers, you have a king and a queen or a prince and a princess on the doors. I guess, which sort of gives you that little delineation as to who can use this restroom. It's very, very elegant but, restroom. But we're glad to see the Imagineers continue the theming into these new restrooms. We're very, very excited and can't wait to see them in which, person. As you're listening to this, we'll be at Walt Disney World. So maybe we're seeing them right now. Perhaps we're posting live. Perhaps we are. We're posting live photographs of these restrooms that we're talking about right this moment. And we just lost all of our listeners. Sorry, guys. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So at my favorite full-day park, the Animal Kingdom, uh, there's a... You okay? Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what that was. That was I apologize. That was weird. That was weird. I'll, I'll just probably just edit that out. So okay. anyway, inside my favorite full-day park, the Animal Kingdom, there's a sign inside my favorite restaurant, the Yak and Yeti, that says it's located at 775 Way, which is an homage to Kenyan conservationist Michael Werke, who unfortunately passed away in 1999. Um... Wierke, also known as the Rhino Man, was known for his uh, fundraising efforts uh, to help bring awareness to the plight of the black rhinos, which uh, the numbers are, unfortunately, rapidly uh, decreasing. Well, thanks so much for watching and listening. Be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. And email us, please. We love emails. Email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Uh, like us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly. And again, like I said earlier, if you're listening to this the week it comes out, be sure to go over there because I'm sure we posted a lot of live videos from the park again like we did the last time we were there. So go to the Facebook page and check it out. Oh, yeah. Very excited about that. Hey, we got to ride the Little Mermaid how many times? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. It may not be open. Well, anyways, you can also follow us on Twitter at Imagineerning and at Jeff Heimbuck because we might just be posting from the parks well hmm. just in case i'm george and i'm jeff and we are from mice chat thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time on communicore weekly c is for cookies <laughs> <laughs>